0: Welcome, everyone, to the Cardano Effect podcast, episode 71. The purpose of this podcast is to take high-level developer information and projects that are occurring within the Cardano space and break them down into bite-sized, consumable pieces of information for everyday use. I'm your host, Philippe, and let's get this podcast started. Rick and myself are the hosts of the Cardano Effect podcast. And if you're not familiar with this series, it is our live stream series. Basically, what we do in this series is we recap the last week's events, news and events within the Cardano ecosystem, and we also answer live YouTube questions. So this is a chance for you to ask us questions and us for, for us to start a dialogue. So we, can, we try to get to as many questions as possible. So if we do not get to your question, our apologies, but we're, we're trying to answer everything. And anything that we say in this podcast is gold until it's proven otherwise. So it's, it's the standard. So without further ado, I want to say that none of what we say in this podcast is financial advice. Remember, you are your best financial advisor, and if you don't think you are, you need to find someone who's qualified to do so. So without further ado, there's been a lot of news this week.
1: What's going on, Rick? How are you doing? What's happening? Good morning. Hey, good morning, Philippe. Hey, thanks for the introduction there. I'd like to give a shout out to IOHK for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you very much, IOHK. And uh, there's a lot of news this week because of Davos. It's been a big thing, a lot going on over there partnerships and such. And Philippe and I are going to summarize those here at the beginning of the podcast. Then we'll get into more details because there's a Reddit post for every single one of the major events going on at Davos. Really good stuff. Great time to do a weekly summary uh, now that it's fresh in mind and freshly finished. And we'll also be checking chat so you can have your real-time live questions answered and discussed here on the podcast. That's why we do our weekly live stream here. So uh, a reminder to any new viewers to the podcast, this podcast is available on all major audio streaming platforms. You can listen to this podcast on your podcasting apps. So getting on to Davos, we've summarized the five major videos from the Davos Diaries that were released by the Cardano Foundation on YouTube. We posted the link down below. Great videos there. And of the five, the first one there is uh, the Cardano Foundation, this was announced by Bakita Zimkinov, the Cardano Foundation received a grant request from Harvard Berkman Klein Center, and uh, the Cardano Foundation has approved a request from the Berkman Klein Center to do some research, and the formal announcement from the Cardano Foundation will follow. Okay? So that's pretty good. Partnerships uh, coming up. Yes. So the second video
0: recap was Nathan Kaiser announced the Cardano Foundation has accepted an offer from Scantrust. To implement a proof of concept integration to co-develop Cardano Connector, which is supposed to be a blockchain enabled product. It provides authenticity. So it's an authenticity tool and there's going to be more to follow. So we're just waiting to hear the formal documentation that's going to be released from the Cardano Foundation. But this has been a partnership or a quote unquote partnership with Scan Trust. Let's move on to the next one.
1: All right. The next one was from Charles Hoskinson. He gave a keynote address, talking about uh, the latest information in fintech, world markets, and intelligent protocols, along with finance and automating, all of the regulatory overhead requirements using the smart contracts. And if you remember, Charles' original video on Cardano that came out in October of 2017 is basically, it was kind of a recap of that, but with all the experience and everything that's coming along in Cardano since then, added two. So it was a really good keynote address. That was number three in the Davos Diaries. Make sure you check that out. Really good. And he has an epic saying in there, Philippe. He said in the middle of his keynote, kill the middleman man as a necessity, push power to the edges, and build systems that are equally fair for the least among us and not the greatest amongst us. That was epic, man. Absolutely epic. You got to hear Charles say it himself. So check out that video. It's number three in the link down below. Uh, number four,
0: Philippe. Yes. Number four is Nathan Kaiser also announced that the Cardano Foundation Council has approved to sign an initial letter of intent with LO3 Energy, a US-based provider of local energy solution platforms. We're always talking about use cases. It seems like Cardano Foundation is all over the use cases this week at the Davos conference. So we're going to be exploring this more in detail towards the latter half of the podcast.
1: Yeah. And there's more information to follow. Both Nathan and Bakkeets, after they put out these announcements, they say more to follow because these are all in initial phases. So you got to bear with them. It's still young, but it's going. So be alert to future announcements related to these partnerships. And finally, number five of the Davos Diaries, Nathan Kaiser put out the Cardano Foundation has made a first step towards bringing an ADA-denominated structured financial product to the market. They held initial talks with Gen2 for the potential securitization structure, and it sets up the potential for future ADA-denominated products. There's still a lot of work to do, and Nathan will be keeping us updated as this situation develops. So thank you for putting that information out. Nathan, Becky, Charles, much appreciated. And I think the key word here is ADA-denominated products. This is what we need in
0: the Cardano ecosystem. We need interaction with our native cryptocurrency. We need interaction with ADA. So any product that has to do with ADA or is using ADA is a plus for all of us. And there are going to be a couple themes that we hit on in this podcast today, because the entities IOHK, the Cardano Foundation, and Emergo. They are both separate businesses as well. So they have their own business ventures on the side. They, they're, they're a twofold business. They focus on generating revenue with certain blockchain applications and creating and advising and creating products for certain companies. And then there's the Cardano itself or ADA itself. So I, I put these in two different buckets and you're going to hear me elaborate more on that later in the podcast, but uh, I, I guess we can head over to the Reddit. Post right now and sort by top and uh, hit
1: those posts. Yep. So we're sorted by top. And this week, and Philippe, I do got to say, a lot of those announcements, like when they announce about securities, you know, like right now, I'm, I'm an average guy. I, I don't deal in securities. So I almost don't even know what they are. Right. But the idea that something like that can be put into smart contracts and put onto a blockchain and the wheelers and dealers who Make that kind of stuff work. Maybe, maybe it will be put into the reach of the average person because most of the average people I know aren't like, "Yeah, my securities are doing really good today." <laughs> yes. I just don't hear that. That is true. That do is you. True. No, I don't. I don't hear that. Never. But when you see the news in blockchain, I go, "Wow, that's interesting." What does it do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Security token offerings are coming up. Okay, so over on the Reddit. Okay.
0: So the first big post is from K H A L S Z, and it's says that the report confirms that Cardano is the busiest project in 2019. I wrote a couple notes about this. So there's a company called Santiment, and they did an ICO I don't know a few years ago. So they are all about blockchain analytics. And I looked into more detail as to what it means that Cardano is the busiest project in 2019 and see what kind of metrics that they used in order to determine that. So they did use GitHub activity but they had their own proprietary system that basically separated the fluff in the github activity with the actual commits that meant something and cardano still ended up on top so even though we want to argue that it's you know quality over quantity and there are a lot of commits for lots of different projects that are basically fluff you know change this letter change that letter but they omitted all of that so even with that cardano was still considered the busiest project in 2019 So you can go ahead and check out that article. I don't know if you wanted to add anything, Rick, but those were my findings.
1: I can confirm it was pretty busy. I can tell you that. Well, All the pool operators will tell you that. We did that pool operator episode yesterday, but yeah, uh, with with building test, build test, build test, and they would update it. But we saw it up to almost 2,000 commits per week prior to the Christmas holidays. They're already back up to over 1,400, approaching 1,500 commits per week on GitHub. So yeah, still very busy. So it was the busiest of 2019. Don't be surprised if it's even busier for 2020. I would not be surprised one bit. But yeah, very busy. Lots of developments and Plutus. You know, um, we haven't talked a lot about Plutus over the past several months because the primary driver has been the incentivized testnet. But there's still a lot of commits on Plutus going on too. So yes, yes, yeah.
0: That's that's going to be probably the most exciting thing of this year those smart contracts are really going to determine where we're going as a blockchain project.
1: Yep. And so with that, we let's. Uh, I'm going to check chat, see if there's any questions in there. People have, if you got questions, let us know. All right. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good evening from Stonehenge from Lingus, BC. Been to Stonehenge before. Hello from Birmingham. A lot of people from the UK, midday on Sunday. Petro says, hi, guys. there's anything I can do for my tiny stake pool in the incentivized test net? It seems I won't even create one block ever. Tickers havoc. There you go. You got you, you squeezed in your shout out there on the Cardano effect. You, know, you <laughs> just did something for your stake pool. <laughs> each, uh, each stake pool operator that wants to promote their pool is, is is individual. It's an individual thing. It's Technically, Cardano right now could have 600 marketers out there. Each of the pool operators works on different marketing angles. It's an army of marketers. So-
0: Well, this is a plug for the Cardano Effect podcast, but we filmed a stake pool operator episode yesterday. It's going to be released tomorrow morning. So if you have a tiny stake pool and you want to promote your stake pool, anyone is free to come on the Cardano Effect podcast. Our invitations are very public. There's a stake pool operator group and we choose a time and everyone comes. Whoever wants to come, come and promote your pool. It's as easy as that. And a lot of people are going to listen and view your pool and that might lead to future increased delegation. So,
1: Yes, that's the goal. We help those who help themselves. So you provide a value to the community and the community will stake back to you is generally the idea. Not guaranteed, but it kind of works out that way. There's a question in there from uh, Tim Lambert. Can you guys explain briefly what is Hydra? In short, it's where you have multiple concurrent blockchains that talk to each other, all Cardano. Let's say you split it out into 10 different ones, Hydra, multiple heads, and they all have a same backbone or a common point. And so you've got multiple processing here, multiple processing over there. They're all feeding back to the same core chain and it increases speed. So the key with Hydra is increasing speed and more to follow on Hydra as that develops, because we're going to have folks related to Hydra coming on the podcast at some point. But multiple and concurrent chains. From Enoch Sosh, do you think IOHK has a truckload of launch partners for Gogwin? My gut says Charles has some big names of smart contract launch. Maybe, but Emergo. I think Emergo is. We've got a few things coming up with Emergo uh, in Uzbekistan. And that's where the business arm is Emergo. So we'll see. Okay. I think we're good. Over Back over to Reddit. We're hopping back over to Reddit, folks. And this one is Mamuka Bakatsi, former prime minister of Georgia, praises IOHK pilot program in the education system. And this was a tweet from the former prime minister where he, where he was praising IOHK. And this is for a pilot program in the education system. Now, I don't know all the details about that. I've looked into a little bit of it. IOHK has been working with Georgia a lot. Over the past year, we've ho- heard a lot of things put out. Philippe, do you have anything to add to that one?
0: Yes. Um, so the tweet from Mamuka Bakhtadzi, I interpreted it as a, a, a TALA project. So I don't think that it's necessarily going to interact with ADA itself, but more a side project or a project that IOHK is working on to generate revenue for their company. So like this is what I was talking about, how we are differentiating certain projects from other projects. What is going to actually interact with ADA? Versus what's going to be a source of revenue for either IOHK, Cardano Foundation, or Emergo. And uh, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, what we say on this podcast is gold until proven otherwise. So until I'm proven otherwise, I classify this as an Atala project that really does not have to do, it's not going to increase the price or increase usability of the ADA project. So that's my opinion. And uh, I'm open to. Other opinions as well.
1: Yeah, open to inputs and criticisms and all that. That's all good, man. That's all good, and it's good to call it like you see it. That's all you got. It. That's all you can do, right? Yes, yes. All you can do is call it like you see it. Oh, like I'll give you an example. Can I go off on a slight tangent? All right. Of course. A lot of people are having problems with dataless. You know who you are. I did it on my Twitter poll. Twelve point five percent. It was working okay, which means the other eighty some percent are having. Some sort of problem. But the good news is Jormungander release 087 is looking pretty good on the network connection side. So I think, just my opinion, I think they hit the sweet spot or they found where the key problems are and made a big improvement last week. So my guess, my guess is you're going to see Dataless performance improve over the next couple of weeks. It it will get better, because that that's just how it looks. If you're looking from the network side as a pool operator, pool operators are seeing improvement, they'll talk about it tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast. But I think the long-term effects is Germania will will smooth out. The end result is dayless will have better performance over the next couple of weeks. And you guys know I call it like it is. I wouldn't say that if I didn't think it was accurate.
0: Fair enough. You know, fair enough.
1: <laughs> that's coming from Wrecked Rick, so trust <laughs> yeah. me on that one. I'm pretty confident. I have a high confidence level. That's what I can say. (laughs) Confidence is high. All right. So our third one? Our third one is from Tradefeeds. It's a crypto ATM
0: powered by Kraken and ADA by Quantarol. So if you're not familiar with Quantarol, they've been doing all of these solutions with these point of sale solutions with Cardano and other crypto projects. Uh, there was a video about someone going to a grocery store or or in some kind of bodega type of mini mart and using items and paying with ADA. And now they have an ATM demo, which was great. I think it's an interesting proof of concept. I think that uh, it could be very successful if blockchain regulation actually favors blockchain in the future. Because here in the US, in order to open up an ATM machine, whether it's actual physical assets or like a crypto ATM machine it's considered a banking service so you need a money transmitting license and some of the things that you need for a money transmitting license is you have to submit your API to the government and that has to include all the AML controls so anti money laundering and ID verification accounting etc so from what i see in the in the video it's a wonderful product and i'm all about these point of sale products i i really appreciate what they're doing. But at some point, we're going to have to wait until we have further clarification from representatives in the US about what we need to do in order to get these products verified. And I mean, I would love to buy a Cardano ATM machine and put it somewhere in a local shop. But I think that we're ways away from that solely because blockchain speculation is just off the roof. So um, we're going to have to wait until we get further legal clarification before implementing ATM machines. But shout out to Quantarol because this is an amazing
1: product. Philippe, I'm glad you explained those details because I watched that video too. And I saw the guy, it was very easy. He put cash in the ATM, made the selection, held up his QR code and poof, turned it into ADA very quick. And I thought, wow, you can buy ADA with cash at an ATM using a QR code now I can stash my cash. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Yeah, I was no, like, of course. Yeah, but you can't do that in the US. No, no, no. I mean,
0: I, I'm sure anyone that's doing illicit activities, whether you're moving drugs or doing anything of that nature, I'm sure that this would be the greatest product that ever existed. Because you could just kind of launder your cash. Uh <laughs> this is the new <laughs> this is the new laundromat. So, but uh I don't I think we're a ways away from that. But once again, this is probably one of my favorite posts on Reddit this week. Quantaroll is doing some great things and I like these solutions. And it seems like even looking at the product, it seems like it's a bulky product. All you need to do is put that ATM on a base and it seems like it's ready to go. It just needs legal clarification. So that's uh that would that, w- that would be wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know with that and with smart contract coming up, maybe it's time to get Umed Sidoff back on the podcast. Oh,
0: perhaps, perhaps that would be you great. Umed's
1: very active. He runs Skypool and uh him and his team, he's got a team of developers uh, or financial experts working on stuff. So, maybe he can tell us more about that. All right. So, that was good. Uh, that was my favorite one. Very practical, very pragmatic ATM yeah. turn cash into ADA, good stuff. The fourth one was the Cardano Foundation scores a major partnership in Davos. Now, the definition of a major partnership is up for debate, you know. Like if you if you score a partnership with for example Apple or Google, okay, that's a major partnership. Now, if you're a small company, a small crypto project and you score any partnerships, some of them are good, strategic and stuff like that. So, we're going to look at all of these in a positive light and that they could go somewhere. These could be the next biggest companies in crypto. So the Cardano Foundation scored a partnership with a company called Finca, which is located in Zug's world-famous crypto valley. And Finca could become Cardano's partner during its transition in the Goguen area. And Nathan Kaiser put out information on this also. This one was not in the um, Davos Diaries, but there is articles out here. So if you follow a Reddit post, you can read the articles and the details on that. But there was a lot of partnerships. I'm counting at least four or five. I I would like to jump
0: on what Rick said. I I don't know who's posting these articles, but the the titles are very sensationalized. And we don't want to misdirect people that are involved with this project to make them think that certain things are happening when they're not really happening like they said. The Cardano Foundation is putting a lot of work. I wouldn't necessarily say that this was a major partnership. The company Finca is a—it's a security. They already have their own token. I looked on their website. They tokenize cattle. I'm not 100 percent sure what the use case for is for their their particular what what they want to do, but they already have their own token. It seems like this may be a cash raise or something like that. Um, the Cardano Foundation said that they're going to be onboarding them during Gogan, but I don't necessarily think that it's a solidified partnership yet. I think it's more of communication, and uh, I don't. Think that it's necessarily going to interact with Ada because they're running their own token, uh, their own security token right now. It's called the Finca token. You can check it out on their website. But uh, I would just like to uh, taper down the headlines a little bit because major partnership is very misleading. This company um, they have like forty three hundred cattle, and at the current price of cattle, I mean, you, you're looking at revenues probably between seven and ten million dollars, which is nothing to. It's 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 wonderful. I mean, that's a small, medium sized enterprise, but major partnership indicates something a little bit greater than that. So,
1: yeah, thanks, Philippe. Philippe and I like to, we don't like to downplay stuff. We like to make it as realistic as possible. So, when we see sensational headlines, do a little bit of a read and calibrate it, you know, because crypto is like that. It, you know, everybody wants to puff everything up. And we like to take a realistic look. Partnerships are good. Davos is good, but people don't finalize their partnerships at Davos. That's where they're born. At least that's from what I've read and from what I've seen, that's where the partnerships are born and formed. And over the next year, as things develop, then you will find what has legs and what grows into something important. And this could be, or maybe not. So thanks for bringing that to Reality Philippe, giving a reality check, but that's good. All these partnerships are good. One or two of them might, you might make five partnerships and one of them really takes off. Yes. Yes. That's, there's going to be a hit and miss ratio. Yes. Some of them are going to burn out, you know, like the whole, you know, Traxia thing. That was a great partnership. It all sounded great at first and then gone, you know? yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, you know, they deal with that, but yeah, it's just an example. It's just a realistic example. But these are all good stuff. So more, more to follow on this. Any questions? I'm going to check chat. Uh, a few people talking about Daedalus and we're still on Testnet. Oh, the classic Daedalus. Yeah, something to be aware of. Art Greg points out the classic Daedalus works perfectly. So when if you're looking for tech support, make sure you define which version of Daedalus you're using. Mainnet Daedalus works like a champ. Testnet Daedalus is connecting to a network that is a work in progress. So... Your testnet data list is not going to perform like the main data list. Mainnet's awesome. Mine's worked perfect, like flawlessly for over a year. Flawless. Eventually, the testnet data list will get there, but the network it's connecting to is increasing every week. It's getting better every week. Maybe a couple of weeks, good to go. Thanks for helping people out there in chat there, Art Greg. Powell Kusiak asked the high any news about improving on the ITN wallet and unable to sync? Yeah, it's it's working. I, I would say about two weeks. Powell, just give it about two weeks and it'll probably be per- very performant. That's my guess, educated guess.
0: My short Turk. I would like to just say what his statement was. He says LTC or Litecoin is running out of funds, and Lee. I'm assuming he's talking about Charlie Lee is asking miners for one percent from the revenue. And uh, ADA already has a treasury model, so we don't have to keep begging to keep rolling. I think this was a very good statement because the treasury is going to be very important for the sustainability of the project. Once again, funds are not always unlimited and the project needs to be able to fund itself. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this governance works and how the treasury interacts with voting and making sure that the Cardano ecosystem is sustainable for decades on. So I thought this was very good because other blockchain projects, a lot of them are running dry and it's important to have self-sustaining liquidity in order to push whatever projects that you're involved with forward.
1: Yep. And you know, Charles explained this over two years ago. He explained it again a year ago and he summarized it very well, even with his Davos is there's a lot of consistency to what he's telling people about. You got to have a treasury. It's got to be self-sustaining. It's very consistent. It's a very consistent message and it is proving correct. Yes. Reality is showing that he is right. Yes. You got to think about that. Reality is proving him correct. Uh, There's a question in here from Enoch Sosh where he says, Hey Philippe, so what kind of projects would you like to see IOHK and Cardano Foundation Inc.? to add value to the ADA token. So I'm going to answer that. And then, Philippe, you, you can get your piece on that. Mine is coupons. You've heard me say it before. You want to get women involved with crypto? Put their coupons on the blockchain. And people are like, coupons? That's a dumb idea. That would be ingenious. That's a multi-billion dollar industry. It is. A coupon is a smart contract. If you ever read what it says on the coupon, it's a smart contract. Yeah. Easy day, buddy. <laughs> Easy day. Some developer out there is going to do it and they're going to be freaking no I ain't going to say it. <laughs> that would be financial advice no financial advice okay so what what were you going to say in relation to that i
0: mean i if it's in relation i i have a list that i wrote down of possible use cases for the cardano project but when i was speaking about uh the the finca token it was just it was not necessarily that i was criticizing the project trying to work with cardano i was more Criticizing the the title or the the headline, just making sure people don't get their head in the clouds. And uh, I know everyone here is involved with the project, or most people are probably invested. But uh, we don't want to have confirmation bias just because you know we're invested in the project. Everything is a knock out the park, and I don't think Cardano Foundation either would have written the same headline. So that's all I was saying.
1: Yeah. The Cardano Foundation does good headlines with the articles that they put out. And they also, I really like their videos lately. Holy cow. Did you, you see the one with Nathan Kaiser. It reminds me of Christopher Lambert for some reason. I'm like I wasn't watching the video. I was like, he sounds like Christopher Lambert. <laughs> the video, <laughs> you know, Connor great. McLeod of the Clown McLeod. I was waiting for him <laughs> to pull a sword out and start whacking people's heads off. But in re- to get back on the subject of the question that, that, that he's asking here, what kind of things would add value to the ADA token? Charles enumerates these in his Davos Diaries video number three, where he start he talks about identity management uh things related to pharmaceutical i'm I'm not quoting I'm not quoting, but things related to medical and all that stuff, but basically you start with something simple like money i would that would be interesting if ADA or Cardano is used as money. It's that simple it's a cryptocurrency, and then adding on top of that with the smart contracts is the ability to execute the financial institutions regulations on the blockchain with a smart contract. I'm not a finance expert, but from what I understand, they have a lot of regulations to comply with. Smart contracts can simplify that and make it more efficient. So that's where you'll see the real value added come to Cardano is when those smart contracts start churning out efficient products that reduce the middleman level of effort and automate the process. So it's a point to point instead of point to multipoint. So well said, well said. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Good questions in there. Thank you, everyone. Next uh, Reddit post. Oh, Cardano is working with Uzbekistan to facilitate security token offerings.
0: At the beginning of this podcast, I said that there's going to be two different branches or two different tranches that we're going to put the Cardano Foundation, IOHK, and Emergo as far as projects that they're working on. So this is Uzbekistan project. When you say Cardano is working with Uzbekistan to facilitate security token offerings, it's a little bit misleading. There's a quote from Ken Kodama, who's the CEO of Emergo, and basically says that Uzbekistan today, more than ever, is open to innovation. It is a great honor to be able to work closely with the country's government officials to help drive the implementation of blockchain technology. We're glad to provide our advisory services to the Uzbekistan government to build a central blockchain infrastructure and support local universities to train future blockchain experts. So from this quote and from the article, and you can do a little bit of more of your independent research, it seems like Emergo is working as more of an advisory role to the Uzbekistan government to build blockchain projects. I don't think this necessarily has anything to do with Cardano. Once again, These companies are also businesses. Well, I would consider IOHK and Emergo more of the business arm. So they generate revenues outside of the Cardano projects, and these are going to be advisory services to the Uzbekistan government. Um, But what it seems like in the Reddit post is that Uzbekistan, um, the message that has been conveyed is that Uzbekistan, Cardano is actually working with Uzbekistan or Uzbekistan. Um, would be creating some sort of ADA related project, which is not true whatsoever. So I want to separate those two things. This is an advisory role, and, uh, you know, Emergo will probably be getting generating some revenue from their advisory roles for Uzbekistan.
1: Yeah. And I think these are also still good developments, but thanks for keeping those on the level, Philippe. Uh, I, I'm sure everyone appreciates that. I do want to make note on these articles with STOs. Now, I got to tell you, The ICOs of 2017, early 2018, those left a bad taste in my mouth. And at first, when it went from ICO, initial coin offering, to STO, you know, I'm like, okay, they're just taking the same bag of stuff and renaming it and calling it something different. Well, this is actually a good development because they're calling it what it is. A lot of these ICOs got deemed to be securities. So now they're calling it security token offerings and they're being handled with or, or dealt with as if they are security. So I'm a big fan of call it what it is. If, it, if it's a duck, call it a duck. Call the duck a duck. Then you'll know you're dealing with a duck. So I think that's a good development, step in the right direction. And I think once Gogun repli- releases, you're going to see Mergo getting pretty busy. Yes. They're going to see him get busy because they're going to want to use this high quality, high assurance, formally verified... Third-party security audit, smart contract code launched on blockchain. Not everybody has that. Cardano does. So, once that Goguin comes out, it's not long, man. It's not long. True. True. Goguin and Hydra, good stuff. True. Oh, I have a correction in there. Enoch Sasha's uh, correction. in One of Charles' AMAs. He did state ADA is not a currency, but more like a commodity, commodity or securitization. Yeah, there's different definitions between depending on what you're. Country you're in, um, I'm not an expert on that, but there are yeah, I would listen to what Charles says. <laughs> he knows yes. a lot better than I do. He's a mathematician by trade and training, and he's been involved in this. So go, with Charles' AMA's is uh, definitely more accurate than mine.
0: <laughs> yeah. I would I, w- I would agree with that because I mean, if you just look at the attitude in the current test net, people are hoarding ADA like a commodity and currency. It's not a very liquid. ADA is not very liquid. It's not like you can spend ADA for so many different products or services. So right now I would consider it probably more of a commodity. In the future, maybe it may switch, may work as a commodity and a currency, but at this point, I don't really consider it
1: a currency either. Yeah. It's a cryptocurrency like a lot of others. Yes. Yes. I mean, even Ethereum and Bitcoin isn't a currency. It's Bitcoin's value is still pegged to the dollar. Oh, Bitcoin's worth yo, $8,000, whatever. Okay. Well, when you start measuring the value of a hamburger in Bitcoin and Ethereum and ADA, now you know the value. Like if you say, okay, hamburger is uh, five ADA. Well, now it's a currency, right? <laughs> if, but if you got to use a Tangent card on the back of your Android to buy your hamburger, it's not quite a currency yet. And
0: Tangent card, I mean, it's wonderful, but the, the actual merchant has to have a Tangent Ready device as well. It's not like it's interoperable. You can't use it like a Visa card or a MasterCard. You can't just swipe it and it automatically interoperates between the actual cryptocurrency and the local fiat currency.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's just how things are developed. We're still in early stages for Cardano, you know, and Bitcoin does the same thing. It's not taken everywhere, it's still a work in progress and it's still in early stages. We have a question from Josiah Cajun. We'll go back over to Reddit. And he says, how happy are you guys with IOHK's ability to code? It seems good progress is being made on the ITN, but Q1 release date deadline will be missed. And right now we don't have an ETA for mainnet. No, we don't have an ETA for mainnet. How happy with the ability to code? Pretty happy as far as you look at mainnet, Dayless Wallet good stuff. Mainnet network performance is really good. So that is working well, but I am frustrated with how long it takes, but I should know this. I am frustrated with how long it takes to stabilize the code, but it's a necessary evil. You got to go through it. You got to go through the pain, no pain, no gain. So it depends on what product you're talking about. The products that have been around for a couple of years, rock solid. The products like the Rust Code is an experimental platform. The long term is the Haskell code base. So the Rust code base, it's been a little bit painful. No pain, no gain, right? Yes. It has been painful. So happy is relative. <laughs> yes. Happy is relative. I mean, they're moving
0: forward, but the product still needs a lot of improvement. I'm going to I'm going to leave it at that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The test net, we knew that. They knew it. It's been advertised. Nothing has changed about how it's been advertised except the dates. The dates shifted, but that's always been the case. So I kind of expected it. So happy mainnet code, very happy. Test net code, moderately happy with some pain points, uh, just like everybody else. Anybody would tell you the same thing. Even the developers, I mean, the developers, I got to hand it out to them, man. They are tough. They're hanging in there. Yes, yes. Can you imagine trying to write code and you got 600 annoying pool operators always chit chatting again? When do you got to fix this thing? When are you going to fix that thing? You know, there's like 200 GitHub entries in the last month. And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, they got to prioritize all those things. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's a lot of pressure for for, for the team because if they're involved with social media, I'm sure they're facing pressure from multiple different sides. So I know that they're probably working very hard and are probably very stressed because I know that this information, you think that the employees are not lurking on Twitter and lurking on the Cardano effect and, te- and Telegram, but in, in in actuality, I'm sure
1: there are some of them that are. So They're reading it for customer feedback. I mean, the main point of feedback is on GitHub, but Telegram also provides data points. As long as people providing valuable feedback, including... F- Hey, this is broken. I tried to do this and it broke. You know, I mean, so people—they're reading that. The developers are reading that and learning from it, and using it to help improve. I mean, I don't know if it's a developer specifically, but somebody is. Somebody's reading it. Somebody knows what they're doing. Let's put it that way. Okay. All right. Looks good in chat. Back over Reddit. Okay. This is
0: from Carl S Z. Carl S Z says Cardano creating major decentralization milestone with Ouroboros BFT hard fork. And there is a link to an article talking about the BFT hard fork. And uh, I didn't have any notes about this, but
1: uh, I can pass it over to you, Rick. Yeah, we're going to have to do some additional Cardano effect episodes and uh, explaining the BFT hard fork. It's going to be simple. The BFT hard fork is necessary to on the mainnet to transition the mainnet to Shelley. There will be a button in Daedalus. I don't know how it's going to work, but that's the way I understand it. And so when BFT Hard Fork comes up, you would download a new version of Daedalus. The message will come through the blockchain saying, hey, there's an update. Do you want to convert to whatever? And you click a button. That's the key. You click a button and it will convert your wallet or convert your blockchain and convert your data. And it's not going to be painful. It'll be pretty easy. Anticipate that in February-ish.
0: Yes. And if you want to refer to one of our previous podcast episodes, in either quarter one or quarter two of 2019, we had Duncan Coots and the team talking about the BFT hard fork. I'm not sure exactly which episode it was, but uh, you can go and refer to that episode. But uh, this is basically to make sure that you can think about it as readability, to make sure that the ADA is completely readable when we go to the next phase of the project. So every phase is going to deal with a... A different parameters for Cardano. So ADA from a previous uh, previous era is not going to be able to be read in an, in the next era. That's how you can understand it at a at a base level.
1: But the blockchain will still be intact. Yes, exactly. The blockchain will still be intact, but the engine driving the blockchain will be a different engine. Car still runs, different engine, better engine. And IOHK has done this before, so don't worry about it. They'll, they'll get it fine. If you guys recall from I think it was early 2018 timeframe when the blockchain was taking up about 10 gigs, and they had to. Uh, there was a button in DataList to mm-hmm. migrate the blockchain, and you just click it, and it took this 10 gigabyte blockchain and reorganized it down to a 4 megabyte blockchain. Same thing will, well, similar thing will happen with the OBFT hard fork. Is you'll have that button in there, and it will do the conversions for you to put you on the new technology for the Orboros Byzantine Fault Tolerant version. That's only an interim version too. The long-term version is the Prowse version followed by other iterations of Orboros. The BFT is the Hold Us Over version until later on. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay, so good stuff. Yep, OBFT coming out next month. More to follow on that. Uh, the next post, I'll hit the next one. That was Charles Hoskinson's Davos presentation. That is an epic presentation. And so it's a link to the YouTube video. I'm not going to go into details on that. You got to watch the video. Nobody can do it like Charles does. People have referred to Charles' as TED Talks too and his other stuff and his Larry King. And when we were coming up with intros to the Cardano effect, Philippe and I tried to get permission to use those sayings from Charles on the Cardano Effect intro. And they won't let us do it. Remember we got shot down? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. So yes. I'm
1: not going to refer, you guys got to go watch that video from Charles from Davos. I want to get shot down again. I've been shot down a couple of times. I'm like, damn, man. Come on, Larry King. Oh, let for us, 2. Let us use it. Come on, guys. Let us use it. <laughs> we tried. Philippe and I try. You'd be surprised how much we get shot down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, say what you want about the project. Say what personal gripes you have with the project or whatever your attitudes may be. Charles is probably the best speaker in crypto. He is the best representative of a crypto project like he's he's very eloquent and he makes information readily accessible for people and you can listen to one of his talks and really feel like you understand the project and he's the best speaker in crypto. Yeah, hands down. I don't I, I mean, if you have another speaker, you want to put him in chat. That's fine. But uh, I think Charles is the best speaker.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Can I, I got to pimp Cardano for a minute here, okay? I got to pimp Cardano. Cardano had a delegation at Davos, okay? And between IOHK, Cardano Foundation, and Emergo. they had a team go in there with a, a strategy. I don't know what that strategy is. I'm not privy to that, right? But and if you look at the Ethereum Reddit, they're over there talking about, hey, why didn't Vitalik go to uh, Davos? Maybe somebody did. I'm sure somebody did. I just don't know who. Oh, from the Ethereum Foundation?
0: Yeah. Or from, okay. okay. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know who, but people were a little concerned why Vitalik didn't go. Vitalik writes code, man. Yeah. No, you don't need to go to Davos. A- if you have a savant writing code, <laughs> you write the code.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, Vitalik is definitely like genius level, savant level. Absolutely. But, uh, at, I mean, you can't present like Charles or you can't present information that's readily accessible for people that are not coding in blockchain projects
1: no but i would love to have him on the podcast did you ever see he did this thing on stage with a bunch of folks they were just having It was so fun oh yes it was funny and fun so he can do. he knows how to have fun and he oh yeah he's got a good sense of humor i'd love to have him come on someday so maybe someday we'll we'll be big enough and i'll get him on
0: so are you referring to when he was rapping on stage or when he was there Yeah, yeah that was
1: (laughs) it was funny (laughs) it was good he's got a great sense of humor so you think, you think Charles is ever going to do that in the future? <laughs> no, but I missed the mic flip. I was thinking when he was on Davos, when he, I was looking for that mic flip. Is he ambidextrous? I've seen him do it right-handed and left-handed. I'm like, what's going on there? Yeah. I mean, those mics
0: are heavy. So for him not to embarrass himself and catch it every time, I mean, yeah. he may be ambidextrous. Haven't
1: seen the mic flip in a while, but we have a couple more good posts in here. Guns and Roses.
0: Oh yeah. I saw that post. I Once again, I don't understand... You know, it says Matt Sorum is supporter of Cardano. I'm familiar with Guns N' Roses. I'm not familiar with who Matt Sorum is. I I, I think he's the percussionist, if I'm not mistaken. Some
1: people call him drummers, but yeah.
0: Okay, is he really a supporter of the Cardano project, or is he more like Charles made a friend at Davos? Like, is he what What does it mean to be a supporter of the project?
1: I don't know, man. I I I know. Uh, I met people in San Diego. Who were supporters? You saw my picture on Twitter that I posted, and and uh, the gentleman told me he goes, "Hey, I I watch the Cardano effect. I watch your programs. He watches your channel at Phil PA and and Digital Fortress." And they're out there, man. They're everywhere. And this, it was a good thing. I, I just was in San Diego, and he contacted me and said, "Hey, I'm glad to see you're in San Diego. Why don't you come on over? We can have a chat." And it was great. I went over and talked to him.
0: Oh, that's nice. That's nice.
1: Yeah, he's a captain of a ship. Oh,
0: wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So, Matt Sorum is like, uh, I mean, people would probably consider him a celebrity if you follow Guns N' Roses. It would be interesting to see if there are any celebrities out there that are actually invested in the project. Like, not so much like they know Charles and they have a good relationship Charles, but does Matt Sorum hold Ada? Is he staking? Do, are there any celebrities out there? Are you watching the Cardano Effect podcast? Or are you involved with the project? Are you invested in the project?
1: It would be interesting. Yeah. Philippe, he, they, he might be in, our, in your Telegram channel. He just used a different name. Old Crypto Geek might be this guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just use an anonymous name. Like if you, if you were a celebrity, would you really use your real name in Telegram? No, because you'd have a bunch of scammers and spammers.
0: Yeah, that's true. That is true.
1: So is true. These, these celebrities might be in our Telegram channels and we don't that know That's true. The only celebrity using the real name is Charles. And this he says, Matt Sorum says Charles is a rock star. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Who's who got the upgrade? Is that an upgrade for Charles or is that a upgrade for Matt? You know, who who got the higher price of real estate out of that one?
0: I have a question for you though, Rick, and maybe to the followers as well. So say, I mean, I guess we're getting a little bit off topic, so excuse me. But we have, I mean, most people that are involved with this telegram group or uh, with the Cardano Effect Telegram group or watching the Cardano Effect podcast where I've been in crypto for a little bit and I've invested in the project. The goal for most people here is to make money, to create wealth, to create a source of revenue. Maybe you want to live passively in the future off of staking, whatever the case may be, you want to create wealth. So when we're talking about celebrities that may have already established wealth, is there a, is there as much of an incentive for them to get onto something at the ground level to try to create additional wealth, especially when we're talking about celebrities that are not so much like VC investors, but uh, musicians, entertainers, athletes that are already financially stable. Do they need to find the next big project to try to 10x their wealth or are they even concerned about that? What What do you think, if my question makes any sense?
1: I never even thought about that before. You know, if you're already successful using American dollars or euros or yen, what do you care? I mean, that really relates right back to Charles's quote or or saying of making systems that are fair for the least among us and not the greatest among us. If you're one of the greatest among us, why would you care about crypto?: True. I never thought of it before. That's a great question, to be honest with you. yeah I don't know. And you know, that's why these partnerships are taking place in Uzbekistan and Ethiopia and, and these other countries. It all ties back to the same thing Charles told us like two years ago, if you saw those original videos is it's hard to compete in the United States when you have a system that's gamed against you or the United States already has a solid financial system. Europe has a very solid financial system. Both of those financial systems. Work in favor of the powerful and the politically connected. They do. That's just how it is. Yeah. And movie stars and you know people with big bags of fiat. Uh, they already have that advantage. Why would they care about crypto? Yeah, exactly. But here we have one. So you know what? If if Matt Storm is a fan, we got one. Yay! We we won them over.
0: (laughs) I mean, I guess there's different levels as well because someone in the comment is saying Jack Dorsey is probably an ADO holder, and I highly doubt that. His net worth is a few billion dollars, and someone else says it never hurts to get richer. That's true, but let's say a billionaire or someone that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and is has their own product or has their own platform, and maybe is a celebrity, maybe is an entertainer or an athlete. Uh, for them to make what's the return on investment? Like A couple million doesn't mean much for them. And maybe they could invest a couple million and make a billion in the future, but how are you going to pull that money out if it's not liquid enough? And there's been so much bad press in crypto as to people just losing a substantial amount of money. Jack Dorsey could not get in Cardano and pull out a billion dollars, even though the market cap is a billion you're not going to pull out a billion dollars because the price would just completely crash. You wouldn't be able to get that much mon- money out. So is there, you know, is there more for them to make in their own field or is there more for them to make in crypto? For people here, you invest you know, what you can invest, you, you can make millions, make, you know, make a certain amount of money in crypto. But once you start getting to a certain level, it's hard to pull that money out. It really is. I mean, you see the biggest crypto stars or the biggest, the largest crypto wallets. I mean, I'm sure Charles has a very healthy wallet. I'm sure Roger Ver has a very healthy wallet, but it's very hard for them to pull out all their money at one particular time. It would just completely tank the price. So I don't know. Yeah. It, it would. That was a rant. Sorry. No, that- I'm, I'm going off topic. No, that's
1: fine. But to go back onto the music industry topic is probably, I, I believe it was a rapper 50 Cent who offered his albums- for sale in Bitcoin, and he made a killing. So there you go, <laughs> smartest guy in the music industry made a killing. <laughs> but was it? I I can't remember who it was.
0: Yeah, it was. But it was later determined that that was a that was a troll. Like it, they couldn't fact verify it. Oh, right? they could I verify it. Was, I think he was just trolling during the height of the bull run. He's a he's an epic troll.
1: Oh, so, he was trolling. Oh, yeah, God. So, so. he just got
0: me. But you know, you never know. You never know. Yeah, you don't know. You never know. It'd be interesting to hear. I don't think we would ever hear because once again, you 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 mentioned anonymity. Uh, people don't want to be putting themselves out there like that, especially if you're like a celebrity, entertainer, or athlete, because I can just imagine the amount of press you're going to get for that. But uh, it would be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, it would be. And Gerald G brings up a good point. He says, the super rich always want more. Thank you, Gerald. That's true. And fair enough. Eleanor says, was it Bill Gates? He's only stated openly that he he only owns Bitcoin, okay, for Bill Gates. Fair enough. Uh, Steve Wozniak is involved with cryptocurrencies. And Steve, for those of you who are younger than the age of 50, Steve Wozniak used to be famous when I was 18 years old. Yes. That was Steve Steve Jobs' friend and ally in the building of Apple. So the Woz is in the game somewhere. I don't know what he's doing. He's uh, in Malta, I think.
0: Yes. I mean, he's involved. I, I could see him invested in projects because he's involved in the space. And uh, I mean, I guess I take that back because there is a football player out there right now that is—I I forgot his name—but uh, he's 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 heavily involved in Bitcoin, and he's he's pushing Bitcoin to other pro athletes as well. So. I mean, they're out there. It's just hard to see if whether or not they're involved in such a niche project like Cardano. Bitcoin, I'm sure there are celebrities and certain people that are involved with it, but Cardano is so much smaller. So
1: For now. For now. For now. Next year though. <laughs> All right. I think we got through our top 10 Reddit. Anything else on there that really needs to be touched on? Uh, well, there's the Cardano co-founder meets the former Georgia prime minister and commits to a national blockchain program. And so that was we touched on the Georgian news a little bit earlier. So a lot going on in those countries, and you know those the, those countries, as we met, we had mentioned, are great places to get started. You know, because you're still dealing with thousands or hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of people and millions of dollars in fiat from that country. And uh, if you can get it working there, it can work anywhere.
0: I'd like to talk a little bit more about uh, the one of the videos that was released in Davos Diaries. The Cardano Foundation received a grant request from the Harvard Berkman Klein Center, which I thought was wonderful news because Harvard is such a prestigious university in the United States, all over the world. It's you people can consider it maybe the top university in the world, or one of them. And for them to have a, a grant from or um, received a grant request and then they're fulfilling it, that means that the Harvard Berkman Klein Center is going to be doing research. So, you're going to have top experts in their field, professors and students alike, working on blockchain applications. And I believe that the the nature of this request is for governance. So, this will be implemented during Voltaire. So, research as far as uh, what voting will look like on the blockchain and uh, how you know, maybe we would interact with the treasury system. This is very important. Cardano always specifies that they're game theorists and they're leading the research as far as the metrics or what standards that they're using for the Cardano product protocol. So there's no one better to to use data from than Harvard University themselves. And I think that they will guide us on the right track or whatever research that they release will guide us on the right track to say, see how we can fine tune the voting mechanisms to sustain the Cardano project for a long period of time. Because it's an, it's a science, making sure the correct percentages go to the treasury and the correct percentages get funded back to the community. If you do not research this, what could happen is either the treasury is going to be completely exhausted and Things are never going to return back to the treasury and the project fizzles out or you know everything's going to stay in the treasury and the project's not going to move forward. So, you need to make sure you hit that sweet spot in, in voting and governance to allow the project to sustain itself and create initiatives in order to move it forward because we're thinking 10, 20 years in the future. Sorry for that rant, Rick. I'll pass it back over to you.
1: Oh, no. You got to go into detail sometimes, especially if you have a perspective and opinion on something because it gets people talking about it and thinking about it. And there was another question from Enoch Sashri. Uh, Enoch asks, Rick and Philippe, what are both your takes on the Scan Trust announcement? Uh, it's too early for me to really tell Enoch, but states that it seems like this will go nice with their upcoming University of Wyoming aided donation blockchain project traceability research. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to speculate on that. I'm not a big speculator, I'm more of like a see it, do it, I believe it when I see it kind of guy. But as far as the ScanTrust announcement, referring back to that, that was to implement a proof of concept integration to develop or co-develop Cardano Connector, a blockchain enabled product to provide providence and authenticity tool. A lot like the New Balance, that's why I got my New Balance shirt on, right? (laughs) Uh, To provide authenticity. And it could be related to pharmaceuticals, but it's related to, uh, it could be related to, such as the coffee farmers of Ethiopia, which is a big coffee production. And if Starbucks wants to sell coffee that is responsibly grown and uh, fair trade coffee, you have to be able to prove that. You just can't buy any counterfeit rinky dink coffee. If you want authentic Ethiopian coffee, you have to be able to verify that from the farming, from the farmer in Ethiopia to the table at Starbucks i think that's what the scan trust is about that's how i read it there will be more coming from the cardano foundation related on that subject though so watch for more info we'll see I'm very interested to see that product authenticity tool
0: being released for Cardano when we mention the coffee plantations in Eastern Africa or wherever they're sourcing coffee beans and making sure that the correct farm is sending the correct beans to, I don't know, the Starbucks location. It's use cases. All we need is one of those because they can be scaled to multiple different industries. If you look at the it's very similar with the the flower industry, like flowers that you give to your significant other. There's a whole issue with uh, of sourcing it from certain farms that are treating their workers correctly and they're paying a, a reasonable living wage and they're using certain sustainable mechanisms in order to grow these flower plantations. They're not harming the environment like other Flower manufacturers. So, um, you know, using that for, for that industry, you can scale it to multiple different industries. Basically what I'm saying is we just need that one, that one use case for it to work. And then it's going to trickleate to a whole bunch of different industries. And you could just basically copy and paste it and uh, create solutions for multiple different industries.
1: Yeah. You know, another interest- industry where th- this kind of stuff could be useful is like nuclear reactor parts and aircraft parts because they have certain traceability and control requirements on them. I don't know if it would be. I mean, it might be. It's just a thought. Those kind of parts are tightly controlled. Rick all that
0: nuclear waste that gets disposed in random places, and you know there are countries that are skirting those laws and and, yeah. <laughs> and and not closing the containers correctly, and we'll hear about some kind of nuclear waste being released into groundwater in the future, so I think that's that's huge, yeah.
1: I was referring to the supply chain coming in, the parts coming from the manufacturer. Oh, parts coming. Okay. Yeah, parts okay, coming from the manufacturer. Okay, but yeah, okay, where does it okay. go after when you're done with it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need to put
0: a little Cardano ADA QR code on uh, the nuclear receptor when when they're driving it out into
1: the desert. No, I think it's on Colorado. It's near Charles's house oh, it, or something. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> they buried it in a mountain out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's pretty man. bad. All right, we're almost done. looks like we've reached the hour. Okay. We're at the top of the hour. We're beyond the okay. top of the hour. M. Jones says, I try to contribute, but I'm ignored. No, you're not, M. Jones. We love you, man. <laughs> tell us what you got to say. Yeah.
0: Tell us what you want to say. Tell, <laughs> tell us, us what, what you want to say. <laughs> say.
1: All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, Gene Pasker asks, gentlemen, how's your confidence level doing in the project? Gene, I would say 75 to 80% confidence.
0: I'll echo that. I'll echo that. Yeah. Good question, Gene. I'll echo that.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: M. Jones says, I know share."
1: You know, share. Does share have Bitcoin or ADA? <laughs> I know a guy named Philippe. He's pretty famous. <laughs> I know a guy named Rick. Rick is a legend. <laughs> oh, is he that? Is he a hobbit <laughs> that likes tacos? <laughs> I know that guy. All right. I think we're good, buddy.
0: Okay. okay.
1: Any other questions, drop us in chat. We're signing
0: off. It's Philippe. All right. I think that's it. So- Thank you everyone for signing in today and joining us on the Cardano Effect podcast, episode 71. This is our live stream series where we cover the recent news that happened within the past week in the Cardano project. And you can ask questions on YouTube, and we try to interact with everyone here. So once again, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. And this was a big week for the Cardano project. I'd like to remind everyone that tomorrow early morning we'll be releasing episode 72 of the Cardano Effect podcast, where we are featuring new and old stake pool operators. So there are going to be a couple of new faces and some returning faces. And once again, these, this series is made to get as many operators on the on the program as possible. So I think you're going to enjoy it. It's ready to go. And I enjoyed creating the episode and I edited it last night. So it's ready to go. So everyone have a wonderful weekend. Spend some time with some friends and family. And until the next episode of the Cardano Effect podcast. Bye, everyone.